This is the East Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. That's right. Welcome in another edition of the East Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. My name is Brandon Bainey, and this guy is Sean Kane. Sean, what's up? Hey, what's going on, Brandon? Uh, not too much, you know, just uh, getting through the work week one day at a time. <laughs> you know, yeah. we're we're at the top of the mountain, but only halfway there, so... <laughs> yes and we were joking before we popped on as uh we were getting everything all set up and you were joining the the chat room uh so friendly reminder audio only version of this podcast at idahosports.com or wherever you download your podcasts video version as well at the idahosports.com youtube channel or facebook page so we have this video chat room we use to record each week and as you popped on I was in the middle of a pretty big uh, yawn there. Were you counting the seconds on how long my yawn was? Hey, we we made it. To, we made it to air. I didn't know if we would, if you needed a nap or uh, I needed to yell real loud. I don't know, but you made it. It wasn't too bad. Yeah, it is it was, Wednesday. Yeah, so it was touch and go there for a moment, uh, for sure. So we're recording this Wednesday night, September 28th. You'll be hearing this uh, probably at some point on Thursday, September 29th. So let, let's get right to it. Um, the postseason has begun. Yes, postseason golf started uh, on Monday this week. There were a couple of district tournaments uh, up in District 6. We had the uh, 5A, District 5 and 6 uh, district golf tournament at Teton Lakes Golf Course in Rexburg. And then we had the Class 4A District 6 district tournament at Sage Lakes Golf Course in Idaho Falls. Uh, are you a golfer, Sean? Have you golfed either of those courses before? <laughs> I have not. I'm the worst. I, You know, I spend uh, a good portion of my summer at a country club, and I do not golf. So I, I take a lot of flack for that. I am terrible. But I can play some tennis. <laughs> I have one country, court, one country club sport down. But, no, I haven't been there. I've... I've seen a couple of these courses, and uh, I mean, that's why they moved it to the fall, right? The weather we've had, how nice it is, and just it's just got to be uh, a real treat to be golfing in this weather. I know it'd be a real treat to be playing tennis in this weather, so yeah. Well, don't, uh, careful what you wish for. If tennis moves to the fall, then we're really talking about a fully loaded uh, fall sports calendar. It's already pretty overloaded as is. So yeah, district, uh, let, let's start with the district um, golf competition for the 5A schools, districts five and six, just a four team affair now, right? With Madison, Highland, Thunder Ridge, and Rigby. So this, this took place on Monday up at Teton Lakes Golf Course in Rexburg. On the boys' side, Madison wins the team title with a total score of 317. Highland was second at 326. Uh, I'm not a math major, but I think that's nine strokes back of Madison. So that was pretty impressive. And then um, Madison also had the top individual finisher uh, in Ashton MacArthur. He got a 64. Justin Anderson of Thunder Ridge was second at 75. And then Sean Floyd of Highland took third. He also shot 75. You know, Justin Anderson had such a great regular season for Thunder Ridge. I kind of thought he was the favorite coming in, but Way to go, Ashton MacArthur of Madison. Yeah, you know, I talked to Thunder Ridge AD Travis Hobson about the tournament. He's a former golf coach, so, you know, he happened to be up there watching, you know, the golf course. Real tough job. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, he, you know, he thought he thought the team performed real well. And, you know, Justin Anderson had come in pretty hot as far as golfers. And, um, you know, but that's golf, man. Just you never know. Kind of You kind of have your top people and whatever pans out at that 
at that day at that time is it's kind of it kind of is it's kind of up in the air sometimes literally it, it really is it's it's very hard to win you know because justin's won you know several individual tournaments throughout the regular season it's it's hard to win every single time it just it doesn't ever happen so you know the good thing would be i guess for thunder ridge and for justin anderson is maybe okay you got the bad performance out of the way prior to state which is next week so um, i'm sure he will be loaded up and you know uh, on the same side ashton MacArthur of madison now you know has a little wind in his sails as he goes into the state competition next week yeah i mean you know and 75 is not a bad score at all i mean you know i know a lot of uh you know guys that would love to have that when they're out there in the weekend but 64 is great score and you know that's you know it's golf's a lot of pressure it's individual so you know it's kind of how's he going to take it he's going to take it as a propeller for himself or now are you going to feel that pressure like i shot really well you know how do i put up another great performance i mean golf is tough you're out there by yourself there's no coaching um you know it's kind of an attestment to those athletes when they get out there and can have those performances day in and day out because you're you're alone on the island Definitely. And then as we, you know, look ahead to state, um, none of the other five, eight districts have had their district tournaments. Uh, district three will be, uh, today actually. So, I mean, they were competing today. We don't know how that went. And then district one and two up North is tomorrow, but generally the Boise schools, like most things have done really well at state the past couple of years. And so we'll see if maybe Madison can knock somebody off or at least get a top three finish next week. Um, for boys golf for girls golf highland ran rough shot i mean 384 is a team thunder ridge was second at 391 so that is uh what seven strokes back of highland as a team um but highland it was a strength in numbers they didn't have the individual medalist that was madison so a clean sweep for the bobcats on the boys side ashton MacArthur, the top finisher on the girls side was megan quinton um she shot a 76 uh, which is only one stroke off of Justin Anderson. Now I think they tee off from different spots, but it's the same course. You got to play the same holes essentially. Um, and then Highland had uh, a tie for second and third. Kaylee McK- uh, Kaylee McMahon and Megan Merrill each shot a ninety-one. So Highland used more of a strength and numbers to to carry them to the title. And that's what Highland's done uh, throughout the years. You know, it wasn't it wasn't too long ago Highland was winning state golf. Um, titles you know they had some really good individuals but their team shot really 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 well like they just had a bunch of you know great girls playing and you have one person have a great day and everyone else just kind of keeps their just normal average you're in good shape to compete and that and that's what highland did at this district yeah definitely highland let's see um yeah pretty recently 2015 2017 state championships for highland so that's two in the last you know nine plus years whatever it is eight plus years so yeah highland has a pretty good golf tradition to be sure um and then when we look at on on the girls side for golf as well the uh team title again usually comes from those boise schools i know up north they have a couple of outstanding individuals um, but not enough maybe to carry a team to a title so we'll just have to see how highland uh, stacks up at state next week. Uh, 4A golf also took place on Monday. District 6, the High Country Conference. This was at Sage Lakes Golf Course in Idaho Falls. Clean sweep for Skyline. They won the boys' title. They won the girls' title. Let's start with the boys. Um, they uh, finished pr- pretty far ahead of Shelly. Shelly ended up taking second place. 
And uh, Skyline also had the individual medalist in Luke Peterson. He shot a 67, which is pretty good. Um, this was really close, though. Second place was Parker Christensen of Blackfoot. He had a 68. So Peterson only won by one stroke over Christensen wow. for second place. Um, and then, you know, it was even closer than that. You know, uh, so you had Luke Peterson win at 67 from Skyline. Parker Christensen from Blackfoot was second at 68. And then Nate Nelson of Shelley and Alex Louie of Idaho Falls tied for third. They had 69s. So that, <laughs> I mean, two strokes separated first from fourth place. What a finish that must have been. Yeah, it was It's one of those the, like Sunday finishes where everyone's tuning in to see. And um, I mean, I guess luckily it didn't come down to a tie or maybe, I mean, it would have been kind of neat. Don't they, they go by like what your best hole was or have a playoff, correct? Yeah, sometimes they'll do a uh, what's called a card off where they'll, you know, randomly pick a hole. Like, okay, hole nine, who had the better score on the card? And you look that way. Um, but yeah, it was, <laughs> it, was it could have, it could have ended up that. And, you know, you're probably glad that it, it didn't. But uh, yeah, very close. Yes. So, um, and, and look at the diversity, right? The top four from four different schools, Skyline, Blackfoot, Idaho Falls, Shelley. So that I think speaks well to the strength of the conference. You know, Shelley was a team I kind of had my eye on and, and Nate Nelson in particular, you know, he plays football for Shelley as well. Um, but he's, he's been a great golfer in past spring seasons. So he was kind of the guy I was looking at for this golf field coming in. Uh, he ends up, you know, two strokes off of first place and, um, Skyline is a team, you know, we'll see how they stack up. Bishop Kelly, of course, is, uh, so difficult like they are in so many things in 4A athletics. I would say BK probably the favorite going in, but you know, we'll see how Skyline does over there at state and, and really Shelly as well. I think Shelly's got a puncher's chance as well. And then you always got to think, you know, magic Valley, they always have twin falls, Canyon Ridge. Those are always really competitive golf teams. Definitely. And they will compete on Monday um, at the Rupert Country Club, as will uh, District uh, 5's uh, three-team triumvirate of Preston, Pocatello, and Century. They'll compete on Monday um, as well at the Riverside Golf Course in Pocatello. So that should be a fun competition as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're pretty excited to get going. Like we were talking about before is we couldn't even believe District somehow already happened. And so I was frantically... <laughs> trying to get a hold of um, some coaches and Ryan Frost, who's the assistant golf coach and basketball coach for century was like, he's like, yeah, they already had it. <laughs> and then he said, they're going Monday, but uh, yeah, they're pretty excited. And there's some good golfers in there and that that'll be an exciting kind of group. You know, you only have three teams. So like we said, anything can really happen over the course of that of play there. Yeah, and it'll be a lot of fun to track that on Monday, and maybe we can talk about that and maybe do a little state golf preview. Uh, we're kind of doing a quasi state golf preview here on the on this week's uh, show, but we'll 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 talk golf next week as well. Um, girls' side for the High Country Conference District Six Class Four A Skyline Clean Sweep. They shot three forty four. Um, Shelly took second at three seventy nine. I didn't do the math, Sean, so I'm going to pull out the calculator here and figure out real quick how many strokes. Um, the, the margin of victory was for skyline 379 minus 344, 35 strokes skyline so pretty, won the title by that's pretty good. Pretty, yeah. Pretty convincing thing by skyline, the skyline ladies there. 
Yeah. Uh, Haley Cole is your individual medalist. What a fantastic she season uh, she has had. She's got a couple of regular season victories under her belt as well. She won the title at 68. And just like the team title, this was kind of a runaway. Um, Mallory Hyam finished second at 77 uh, from Shelly. And then Ellie Billings of Hillcrest was third at 81. So this one wasn't quite as close as the boys. This was more of a lopsided affair. Yeah, and, and sometimes when that happens, just the the team that has the person with that shoots the best is really in the best position because sometimes it can just go downhill quickly. And the team that has one, you know, a top three competitor, they're usually just in the hunt. So, you know, that's where that's where Skyline was there. Yeah. So congratulations to the Lady Grays. And again, um, going into state, you know, Bishop Kelly looks very tough in Twin Falls, has had a really nice season in girls golf as well. Ava Schroeder um, individually for Twin Falls has been one of the better golfers um, that I've seen this year. So um, good luck to Haley Cole and the Skyline Grays at state next week. All right, let's uh, shift the conversation now to football where uh, I feel like we always, I try, I try to vary up, you know, what we're going to, you know, the order of what we're going to talk about things, but inevitably we always start the discussion with, with West side <laughs> the West side pirates in football. And, you know, in, in recent episodes, it was because, well, they were on this 35 game winning streak. Well, that finally came to an end on Friday night against bear Lake. This is a team that I've been high on all year long bear Lake. They've been in my top five. I vote in the media poll every week for football and bear Lake has been in my top five since the start of the year. They've never left my top five. I'm still like flabbergasted that two people voted West side ahead of bear Lake in the poll, even though the the recent one, right? Yes. This week I was. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, what are we doing? Uh, guys and gals, uh, did you not see that Bear Lake beat Westside? So I moved Westside down to three in my poll. I, I have Bear Lake at two, North Fremont at one. So three teams from East Idaho in my top five. In fact, I've got Firth in the top five as well. So four of the top five slots in my personal poll are from East Idaho. But what what a wild game this was. Uh, Bear Lake taking on Westside. And, and coming into the season, Bear Lake had, had been named the preseason favorite in, in the coaches' poll. And, and so that's what put me on their radar initially. And it really stood up. This, this game went down to overtime. Bear Lake gets the win 28-27. to 27. This was a wild game, Sean. First of all, Bear Lake raced out to a 20-7 to 7 lead. Tayson Neal threw touchdown passes to Rhett Lloyd and your favorite guy, Brady Shaw. And then he returned an interception 40 sure, yards yeah. Yeah, uh, he, he took a pick six back 40 yards for a touchdown as well. Taysen Neal did. So, you know, Bear Lake's up 20 to seven. And you're thinking, oh, my gosh, is this going to be a runaway? But, you know, Westside remained calm, cool and collected like they usually do. Yeah. And just like that. um, Yeah. I, you know, I, I watched this game back on film and you're just it's seven to 20 in the third. And you just are getting this feeling like, man, it's Bear Lake's game. And then just like 35 times before some you know brown throws a 48 pass a 48 yard pass to garrett robinson um and the and they're right back in it they score there um the you know the bear lake blocks the pat and and, and they score again and then it's you know it's 2020 and bear lake missed uh extra point too that was pretty big um that could have won the game too and then you know and what i thought i kind of thought was the the big play of the game was um, Bear Lake's down, right? And or 
or Moser scores on a sweep on in overtime. Oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. There's yeah, too yeah. Much so, no, 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 no. Too much going on in the game. You're uh, good. Let's yeah. Let's okay. So uh, just to get people up to speed in regulation. So uh, Westside's <laughs> down t- twenty to seven in the third. They get that big touchdown pass from Eli Brown to Garrett Robinson to bring them to within twenty to fourteen. And you're right, Bear Lake had missed a, an extra point previously along the way somewhere. So Westside only down six, a touchdown and an extra point would give Westside the lead. And, and wouldn't you know it? In the fourth quarter, Parker Moser scores uh, on a touchdown run, brings it to twenty to twenty. Westside's lining up for the extra point and the possible lead. Bear Lake blocks it, and so that basically sends the game to overtime, tied at twenty all. Westside gets the ball first and then Parker Moser scores on a touchdown run, right? Yeah, he on a sweep fourth and one, he makes it 27-20 Westside. And then the guy who was, you know, kind of the whole team, Taysom Neal, um, runs it three yards for a touchdown. And then Bear Lake goes for two, which they're going for the win or the loss. And Neal, again, a nice slant to Beersford for the two-point conversion on homecoming uh bear lake wins it was just wild there was also a fourth down where they had to measure and the announcer called it paper thin i thought it was so fun. you could have put a piece of paper in between the marker and how that fourth down was or west side was in scoring position to maybe go ahead before it went into overtime but yeah the game had everything passes interceptions blocked kicks um and then finally Taysom neal has just had an unreal game and you know, what a, what a win for Bear Lake. Yeah, that happened in the NFL a couple of years ago where uh, an official had to pull out an index card. And he's like, yeah, all officials carry an index card for those really tight measurements. And it's like, nobody knew this was a rule until, you know, it just happened. But yeah, it was a wild game. I had it all right. Uh, come back from West Side, you know, the, the block PAT by Bear Lake, you know, the overtime period, the two point conversion going for the win and uh, a gutsy call to be sure. Um, and so 28, 27, I would love for these teams to rematch in the playoffs. You know, they met in the it, twice last year. They met in the regular season and then in the semifinals as well. I would love that because this was a pretty appetizing, um, you know, uh, appetizer, I guess. Yeah. I mean, you, you've got a, you've definitely got a cl- collision course, I think, right? You got West Side, you've got Bear Lake, you've got Firth, and then North Fremont, right? You've got, You've got four teams that are definitely on a collision course, I think, in the playoffs. Yeah, you know, and, and so North Fremont gets a big win over West Jefferson, 60-22. to 22. Uh, So they're 1-0 in nuclear conference play. Carson Packer ran for 241 yards and five touchdowns. Um, North Fremont actually was my preseason number one team in, in my media poll I, I filled out. Um, I didn't have Westside in my top five, and that was a mistake. <laughs> I, I bought into the hype of... Westside kind of t- saying, oh, yeah, we're going to be down. And and uh, anyways, um, so North Fremont looks good. I think 2A football, you know, either 2A or 4A, Sean, and you tell me if I'm wrong. I think those are the most wide open classifications where, you know, class and we'll talk about class 4A football right after we wrap up our 2A conversation. But in 2A, you've got Westside, Bear Lake, Firth, North Fremont, Melba looks really good from, you know, the western part of the state. Kellogg up north has been running roughshod through people. They've got the Luna twins um, that are just making people go bonkers up there. Um, And even, you know, like Declo is always a solid team. You can never count out. Um, So I really think 2A football is 
wide open and I can't wait for the postseason to get here because, uh, and even, you know, Aberdeen, you know, we're kind of sliding Aberdeen a little bit here, but the Tigers are also playing yeah. really well and staying healthy. So, I mean, I, th- I think 2A is pretty open right now. Yeah, you're going to have, and I think last year it was that way too. Pretty much every first round was just a stellar matchup. You're just not going to have a lot of, you know, you know, bad kind of matchups. I think whoever you get or however that pans out, I mean, you're just going to have to show up and, and and be like, this this is the championship game, and the next game is the champion, you know, until you actually get there. Every game is probably going to have that feel with kind of the powerhouses are, that are floating around in the 2A football this year. Definitely. And so now this week, we kind of settle back into um, kind of maybe uh, the teams that are favored are heavily favored, right? Westside will play Soda Springs. Uh, you've got Aberdeen taking on Malad. So it's really shaping up to be this three-team race here between Aberdeen um, and Westside and Bear Lake. I feel pretty confident saying all three will get into the playoffs. Um, Aberdeen especially kind of holds all the cards in front of them now because they finished the year with just a gauntlet. So they'll play Malad this Friday night. Then they host North Fremont in a non-conference game on the 7th of October. And then they have back-to-back road games at Westside on the 14th, at Bear Lake on the 21st. And yet, if Aberdeen can run the table, hey. We're definitely, they're, we're talking about them for sure, right? I mean, that's that's the gauntlet. Malad, North Fremont, Westside, Bear Lake, um, in East Idaho, or in maybe even the state. You're, if you can, I mean, if even if they get out of there with a couple wins, I, I mean, they're in good shape. Yeah, and Aberdeen's already beaten Declo, who I mentioned in that previous conversation, 18 to 12 this year. They lost their lone loss. They're three and one. Their lone loss came to South Fremont by a touchdown, and South Fremont uh, just suffered their first loss two weeks ago. So, um, yeah, this is an Aberdeen team that as long as they can stay healthy, and that's what derailed them last year because they had a lot of this same promise last year, but injuries got up to them. Boy, if they can stay healthy. That's going to be a, a fantastic race to watch as well. All right, let's jump up to 4A football. The big story coming in was the Emotion Bowl, right? Saturday, uh, 4 o'clock kickoff at Ravston Stadium between Idaho Falls and Skyline. Last year, the Tigers won the matchup, got to paint the goalposts orange, and Skyline said, yeah, we've had enough of that. <laughs> and um, they win uh, going away. Just a dominant win. Yeah, f- uh, Skyline 46, Idaho Falls 7 um and talking to some coaches too they they feel like every time they see skyline this year they're better like every game they're better and and a lot of people are like this team's better than last year which i don't think people want to hear that if you're a 4a football team you don't want to hear this team's better but a lot of coaches like every time i we watch them on tape they're better every game and you know and i think a lot of it has to do you know we know they can pass the ball to sadiq we know they have lots of weapons but their run game, I think, is just going to be what's going to be very important come playoff times. And I think sometimes kind of forget that and the flashiness of it. But their run game, if they're able to run the ball uh, like that, you know, 70 yards and a touchdown on just nine carries, I mean, that just opens everything up and, and gives them that chance to throw it. And uh, that's going to just be tough. Skylines is tough. They just look better every time I see them. Yeah, I mean they. I mean the skyline offense is really built on three principles, and it's home runs to uh, Kenyon Sadiq. It's those jet sweeps with Caden Taggart, 
and it's the between the tackles or right off tackle running of a broad Silverio. You mentioned it's Silverio, uh, 70 yards and a touchdown on just nine carries. I said this last year, uh, as I covered skyline a lot through the playoffs and, you know, I'll say it again this year. I think a bronze Silverio is the X factor. He's the guy, he's the straw that really stirs the drink because, you know, Kenyon Sadiq, sometimes he's open, sometimes he's not. You know, there's going to be times where he's double and triple covered. Um, but if Silverio can run the ball behind a really good, unheralded offensive line for Skyline, that to me is is going to make them so difficult to defend. And so Silverio to me is the guy. If he's got it going, then Skyline's pretty much impossible to beat. But there's been times where the run game has struggled and it hasn't been there. And then they have to become more one-dimensional than they'd like to. And that's where they can run into some problems. But man, if Silverio's going, yeah, Skyline is uh, almost impossible to beat. Yeah. I mean, they're just that classic super balance, right? They're just very balanced. They can run it. They got a couple good receivers or quarterbacks, very smart. And just that all around balance, it, it just makes you just dangerous. And just, that's what I see from them is just really, you know, just kind of corny to say sometimes, but they're just super balanced in a, it shows up on Friday or Saturday, like last week. <laughs> That's right. Occasionally, we get those uh, Saturday matchups in there as well. Um, also, in the High Country Conference, uh, you know, it's sh- shaping up to be a pretty interesting. Skyline is one and zero in, or excuse me, two and zero in league play. Shelley is also two and zero. The Russets, of course, had that big win over Blackfoot Friday night. And then it's easy to have the letdown, right? You you come out and win a game against Blackfoot. And now you're playing Bonneville. Well, there's no letdown here. Shelley earns the shutout win, 28 to nothing. Um, it, the scoring started on a 68-yard punt return for a touchdown by C.J. Fielding. And then right before halftime, Nate Nelson, the, the golfer we were just talking about a little earlier, Nate Nelson throws a 19-yard touchdown pass to Caden Johnson. Shelley leads 14-0 at halftime. And from there, they took care of business. You know, Shelly really challenged themselves in the non-conference portion of the schedule, right? You know, they're 2-0 in league, but they're 2-3 overall. They had three losses to Star Valley, Wyoming, Sugar Salem, and then uh, a game they could have won against Burley if Gatlin Bear hadn't made one of the most impressive catches I've seen in a while um, to win that game for Burley in the last minute. So I think people kind of forgot, you know, Shelly started off 0-3 and kind of, okay, whatever, and they're not ready. I think this is a team that's got, final four potential yeah they, they were we got to watch them a couple times last year live and they're just a solid run good defense and i mean it it, it leads into what i'd call america's game of the week that we're doing on idahosports.com is shelly versus pocatello um and i'm sure we'll talk about pocatello versus hillcrest next um but yeah that's that's a game i'm just real excited to see i think you got two teams that kind of have been going up and down all year and now they're meeting um right now kind of non-conference kind of to see where you measure up yeah that's going to be a fantastic non-conference battle you mentioned it pocatello goes and plays hillcrest the knights get the win 27 to 21 this was a tight game you know um we get to the fourth quarter and hillcrest is trailing first of all pocatello led 21 to 13 at halftime Hillcrest then outscores Pokey 13 to nothing in the second half. So good adjustments made by second year Hillcrest coach Brennan Mossholder. Um, but we get to the fourth quarter and Hillcrest is still down a score. And like, like John Elway was in the huddle. They go 95 yards down the field. Um, they 
basically uh, cap it off on, I don't know if it was 95 yards. It was a very long touchdown drive, though. Uh, it's capped off by a two-yard touchdown run by Connor Payne, and they took so much time off the clock. Pokey got the ball back with like a minute left. And so we know Pocatello's got the offense certainly to, to come back, but um, Hillcrest gets a sack on fourth down. Pocatello turns it over, and Hillcrest gets a big non-conference win. So the Knights, and we talked about with the Max Preps rankings this year, um, determining some of the at-large slots into the playoffs, you know, 16 of 24 Class 4A teams make the playoffs. And so for Hillcrest and their chances to, to be one of those 16 playoff teams, this was a huge win for them because they could finish third or fourth in their conference and still make it in. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's kind of a signature win, I think, for Hillcrest. They They went last year. They didn't win a game. You know they got they got the kids going, and you come in, you've got a, a, a Pocatello team that's been ranked in in the top five throughout the year, and you, and and you beat them and do it with a very calculated drive to end of the game. Um, yeah, it's kind of their signature win. They're in a tough division in that that conference, and that win could be what propels them into the playoffs or just kind of propels the program moving forward. So I I mean, congrats to their coaching staff and everyone just to kind of come back from where they were last year to now. I, I mean, it's night and day. Yeah. So that was a huge win for Hillcrest. And again, for Pocatello trying to figure out life without starting quarterback, Drake Contreras. I mean, it's, it's undeniable that there's a difference with him in the lineup versus when he's not in the lineup. And, you know, Pokey's got a good coaching staff, you know, coach uh, Dave Spillett and all of his assistants are, are trying to figure out ways to scheme, um, you know, whether it's Hunter may or Tavin Williams, um, in that quarterback, try to scheme them ways because there's the the supporting cast is still there, right? It's just that the guy getting everybody the ball has changed. And so for Pokey, um, now we kind of look at this game against Shelly, and I think this is a must-win game. Not necessarily because I don't think they're in jeopardy of not making the playoffs, right? They're two and three, um, but they, you know, we still think they're a little bit ahead of Preston and Century in terms of their conference. Yeah. So um, but but they need a win for confidence to say, hey, we can win a game without Drake Contreras because they haven't done it yet. Yeah, they've, you know, they 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 beat Ridgeview and they beat Twin Falls and Twin Falls, I think, is a pretty good team. Twin Falls was missing. They were all kind of like pokey. They were missing some of their top players when they played pokey. Um, but yeah, and then you played Highland and then you played Hillcrest. And yeah, I, I mean, you've kind of got to find. Um, where that offense is going to come from. You got Reichel Echo Hawk, and it, he had a tough time getting anything going against Hillcrest. You know, eight carries, only 16 yards. I mean, that's not numbers we're used to seeing from him. And um, But, you know, they're kind of one-dimensional. They know if they, you know, the throw, the throwing, the passing game's not there, you're going to kind of zero in on him. So I think they've just got to, maybe if they don't win the game, just kind of figure a way to get the offense kind of going for four quarters. We've seen it work a few quarters but it can, it can kind of taper off. And I think if they can find to get that offense going four quarters, um, that's how they're going to win the game versus Shelley. Definitely. So let's, let's take a look at what's coming up this weekend. There's a lot of great um, matchups uh, on the table here. Um, and let's start with the, the, the games uh, that won't be on idahosports.com. And then we'll finish with what's on idahosports.com. I did real quick want to give a shout out to the Highland Rams. They went all the way to Meridian and only lost 14 to seven. Um, Highland has been in my top five in the media poll for several weeks now. I can't get anybody else in the state to wake up and realize that this Highland team is really good, especially that defense. 
Um, you know, they've still got teams like Eagle and, you know, Mountain View. And I just, I think Highland's better than those teams. And so, you got a yeah a Meridian team that was probably averaging in almost the thirty points forty points per game and to hold them to fourteen and be right in that game I I thought that was just I thought that was pretty big too from Highland I you know I kind of was looking at scores and teams and I thought it's going to be a tough road for Highland to go up there especially without Riddle at running back and man they came to play they, they travel Highland always travels well if you ever notice that's that's a team that can kind of go anywhere and play um, and and kind of make you think twice. Yeah, they're not afraid that any we'll play anybody anytime, anywhere. That's kind of Highlands mantra. So um, I just wanted to give a shout out to the Rams um, as well for a great performance, even though it was a loss. So what's on the schedule this week? What are the games that uh, everyone's going to want to keep an eye on? There, there's a really interesting 3A battle, Teton. We talked about Teton, you know, with the win over American Falls last week. We've been talking for weeks now. Teton had a really good chance to start five and zero. Oh. They now play Snake River. A team that's three and one, the only team to beat South Fremont this year. This is going to be a big non-conference battle to really tell us where Teton stands because we know Snake River is a good program. They're an established program. Teton, you know, winning like this is kind of new. This has been a program that's been down for a couple of seasons. So this would be a good measuring stick game for the Timberwolves Friday night. Yeah, I, I do too. I, I mean, Snake River is always really good. Um, they're three and one right now, and you know, Teton. You can't sleep on Teton, that's for sure. And I, I, I'll just, I'd like to just kind of see how that pans out, and that kind of gets a better, I think, a better uh, look into that Teton team too. Yeah, well, we'll learn a lot about um, how the, how they handle a, a pretty good Snake River defense. Um, the other matchup I wanted to highlight, of course, is uh, Skyline at Rigby. Um, both teams are four and one on the year. The uh, defending 4A champs against the defending 5A champs. This was one of the few times Rigby was really tested last year. If you'll remember, it was a, it was a close game in um, the mini dome. Yes, it was in Holt Arena on I think it was a Thursday night in Pocatello. It could have been a Friday night. I can't remember now. But anyways, Skyline really pushed him, and Rigby um, held on and won. What do you think happens in the rematch here? I mean, you know, if at the start of the year, I would have, I kind of would have said Rigby, uh, I think wins easily. Just kind of how the years went, I, I feel like Skyline's really just got that balance, like we talked about, and I think it's a, it's a really good game. Um, I mean, in fact, I remember the game. Yeah, uh, Rigby won twenty eight fourteen last year, but it was, it was closer until the very end, if I'm not mistaken. Like one score happened or something, kind of shifted that whole dynamic of the game. And, you know, we talk a lot about Skyline's offense, but Skyline's got a lot of defense, really good defensive players, too. And they, they're just they're just really solid. And what coaches say is they do what they're supposed to do. Like if that this linebacker has a job, he does it and he does it the best out of anyone on the field. Um, so I, I like that as far as Skyline being disciplined. And I think it'll be a really good game. I just. I'm I'm not gonna pick anyone. <laughs> I mean, I I don't even know where you start to pick. I haven't seen Rigby live the, this this year, um, but we saw him a numeral, you know, ton of times last year. And you can't put anything past uh, uh, Armando, you know, at Rigby and his teams. Man, they're they're always fired up and ready to go, and they'll be fired up Friday. Definitely. I saw Rigby uh, in the season opener against Coeur d'Alene. A lot's changed for them since then, um, but. Man, they've got uh, the the battle in the trenches. I think will be really important, right? Rigby uh, 
and Skyline both have really strong offensive lines and are kind of replacing guys on the defensive line that were lost to graduation. So the battle up front will be key. And then I think, you know, I, I assume that Zabe Thalavai is going to be covering Kenyon Sadiq a lot on the night. Um, that's going to be a fantastic battle um, when Bla or when uh, Skyline has the ball on offense. So um, I, I kind of feel like a low scoring game though, maybe like a 20, 2014, something like that. But well, yeah, I kind of feel like someone, if someone gets a turnover, that could be the game, like an interception, a fumble, a punt gone wrong or something that could just be the difference. Like it might just be one thing um, that the coaches can go, Hey, I'm glad it happened here and not at playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes, definitely. And then we've got three games in East Idaho for you with live video coverage, totally free of charge on idahosports.com. East Idaho game night from Ravston Stadium. Idaho Falls will host Century in a non-conference battle. This is a good opportunity for the Tigers to, to bounce back after that uh, loss in the Emotion Bowl. And for Idaho Falls, you know, they're one in four in their first year back in 4A football, and they still have a chance at getting one of those playoff bids that we were talking about, but they're they're running out of time. And this is a, a game they got to win, right? Yeah, for Idaho Falls to make the playoffs, this is, this is a must-win. And... For Century, I mean, I you know they're looking at every game as an opportunity to get better, and you know, you know, no, why not this week? You never want to play that team that hasn't won a game. You know what I mean? You don't want to be that team, and that happens every year in NFL, uh, high school. You don't want to be the the team that loses the team that hasn't won. I remember Detroit one year. You know, was that team, and yeah, you just don't want to be that team. You know, you don't want to sleep on them, and they'll be ready to go. But that should be a great game. Um, the watch and Ravston on the new turf. Yes. Uh, that'll be a fantastic battle. And then we've got two editions of gate city game night. That's our uh, Pocatello uh, broadcasts on idahosports.com presented by lookout credit union. Um, the game we're going to be at Sean, you called it America's game of the week earlier. Shelly at Pocatello at lookout field. We kind of already broke down that game a little bit. And then the other matchup that we're going to have is out at iron horse stadium. Lauren Jensen, We'll have the call for this one. It's going to be a non-conference battle as Blackfoot takes on Highland. And that should be a pretty interesting battle. Yeah, that's I think that's a classic offense versus defense, right? I mean, Highland's got the defense. Blackfoot's got all the skilled players. You know, who's who's going to take it? And and by the way, I just call whatever game me and you do the America's game of the week. But um, <laughs> yeah, I think I think Blackfoot um, and Highland will be just fantastic and uh I, I that one's tough to call too i you know highland is a team that you just really i think is not getting the love they should and they're well coached they're well they just have that defense mason fulmer you know they're fulmer they're just all that defense is tough to tough to deal with and uh, blackfoot you know they're they've got the offensive people but will they be able to break through that that highland wall for say yeah. And, and, you know, I, one last thing on the media polls and then we'll finish up with cross country. Uh, <laughs> you know, Blackfoot is a team that hasn't been in my top five much this year, not because I don't think they're good, but because I think 4A is so wide open. You know, you've got Skyline and Sandpoint up north and Lakeland is off to a really great start. And Bishop Kelly is, you know, running rough shot over everybody. And Minico looks strong. And so there just wasn't a spot for Blackfoot in my top five. But all these voters you know, chastise me every week. How come you're not voting Blackfoot, huh? They got all the way to the semifinals last year and they, they're a good team and they're, you know, they're, they're putting up the results and 
they're, they're Blackfoot's getting the benefit of the doubt based on their deep playoff run last year and the players they have coming back. How come Highland isn't getting the same treatment? Highland got all the way to the championship last year. Do people forget that? And now they're out of the top five, yeah. right? Um, to a lost Meridian. Yeah, that's and you know, I think and I think it'll be interesting too. You mentioned it when Sandpoint and Lakeland play. I think that's I think I thought Sandpoint Sandpoint is their record um is not great right now. It's you know, one in one in three, but they've only played five A teams and then the team at the at the rumble from Utah. And but I also think Sandpoint is a really good team. They bring back a lot of players from last year and they they had a pretty good run last year. And so and they're not even in the the media poll. But I think that might be just because people look at the record, but they almost beat beat Lewiston last week and they barely lost to Homedale, which is you know, Homedale, you know, that's a good team <laughs> that would compete with anyone. So. Yeah, it, it's been a gauntlet of a schedule for standpoint. Four, four, eight, two, eight football are going to be wide open. Those playoffs are going to be fascinating. I'm, I've already started to lobby for us to get some of those four, eight, two, eight games, Sean. So, <laughs> well, all right, <laughs> so we can have some good competition during the postseason. All right, let's talk about um, cross country. The uh, the Furman uh, invite uh, was held at Boise. That is the largest cross country competition of the season in the state of Idaho. I, I think it's over at Eagle Island State Park, right? Is that where they hold that at? Yes, that yeah. Eagle Island course. People love it. It's a. Uh, I mean, I I have not ran it, but um. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nobody looks at me and people says, "Oh like yeah." It. People like it. I don't know if they're using it. You could run. No, but uh, I mean, the courses make a big difference. Talking to cross country coaches, it's you know, if the courses they like the course and how the people set it up and run it, that makes a huge difference. And you know, this is the this is one of the biggest cross country meets in the Northwest. So, um, you know, they just do a really good job and. Um, we had some good competitors, uh, up there. I, you know, I have to shout out one, one, one kid from Highland, Cody Christensen. He won the freshman championship. He also plays tennis. Um, he, uh, <laughs> yeah, but to go up there with 140, 147 high schools and win the freshman championship with the time of 1644. And that was a PR. I, I thought that was pretty great. And then also, the Highland Girls Varsity were Division One champs, and um, yeah, there's just a lot. There's a lot of runners up there, but congrats to those guys. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, cross country and tennis, mostly those cross country guys just do long distance in track and field in the spring. But I had no idea he he ran cross. I've known him for a long time, and had no idea he ran until I saw that. So, cool. um, super nice kid, uh, great athlete, and uh, uh, congrats to Cody Christensen. Yes, that uh, state meet is rapidly approaching as well. The fall championship dominoes are starting to fall. Golf next week, and then I think it's swimming, and then cross country, and then soccer, and then volleyball, and then we finally wrap up with the football championships. So it's going to be... Football just keeps going and going (laughs) and going. Yeah, it's the song that never ends for sure. Um, all right. Well, we did it. We got through another week of uh, competition. And again, if there's a team, if there's an athlete, uh, if there's a story you want us to cover more in depth, uh, reach out to us. Uh, you can send me an email, Brandon at IdahoSports.com. Sean and I are both also on Twitter. I'm at Brandon underscore Bainey. Uh, Sean, what's your Twitter Twitter handle? At Sean K in 182. So just put that together right there and put a 182 and you got me and yeah is that because you're like a blink 182 fan or uh yeah you know you always had to put a number with something because can you believe it there's more than one sean kane and 
you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a little older and didn't realize, you know, creative name choices back then. So yeah, I did 182. I was a big, I was a big punk rock guy back in the day. Yeah, Blink One Eighty Two. I was I was a big fan too. I still am. So, um, yeah. Okay. Well, maybe sometime we can launch a music podcast where we talk about our music interests. <laughs> about whiny punk rock from the late two thousand, <laughs> early nineties. You know, that's uh, <laughs> people don't care about this, but uh, you know, before before I started working at idosports.com, I worked for uh, in for 10, 11 years in radio, right? Where I did sports, but I also had to like you know do a morning show and hop on and talk between songs. So. Like, I feel like I can hold my own in pretty much any music conversation. I've done pretty much every format there is in music. So, yeah, I would take you to trivia just to do the music where you could read the lyrics and know the band or something. You seem to always know the band. So I, I'd put you on the trivia team. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty good at the, the identifying the artists and songs and all that good stuff. So anyways, um, all right. Well, we'll get out of here. Uh, in fact, I'm going to go sing karaoke. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> well, we'll be recording that Friday. That yeah, Friday. boy, stay tuned for that. Um, a friendly reminder, though, three games Friday night on IdahoSports.com. Century at Idaho Falls, Blackfoot at Highland, and the game will be at Sean is Shelly at Pocatello. So enjoy the competition this weekend, everybody. And we'll see you back here next time for another edition of the East Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com.